This episode of Unguilty Pleasure is proudly sponsored by my friends at Nomo, the UK's leading vegan and free from chocolate. Nomo is dairy-free, gluten-free, free from egg and nuts. So anybody with allergens or someone like me, a vegan, it is perfect. Caramel and sea salt is my favorite flavor. It's that kind of light green aqua colored wrapper. Ooh, if you see it, get it. It's so, so good. Nomo is available in the free from aisle at Tesco, Asda Morrison's, Waitrose, Sainsbury's, Holland and Barrett, honestly anywhere, and on their website, nomochoc, N-O-M-O-Choc.com. Use the discount code UNGUILTYPLEASURE for 10% off the whole Nomo website. And thank you so much, Nomo, for sponsoring the podcast. Bye-bye. What a pleasure, what a tea. Let's bring love and positivity. Hello, everybody. <clears throat> Ooh, a little tickle in my throat. Let me do that again. Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome to another episode of Unguilty Pleasure. My name is Chris Hall, and I'm so grateful that you have tuned in yet again um, to uh, me, this little world I'm creating here, we're creating here. Um, thank you so much for all the um, positive feedback I've been getting on the pod, um, on the Poddy C. Um, please remember to uh, subscribe if you uh, so wish. Uh, rate and review on the iTunes app would be amazing. Um, that really, really helps. Um, and let's go. Let's get into it. Well, honestly, I know I always talk about, I feel I really want to expand my unguilty pleasure exploration um, because at the moment a lot of it seems to be television uh, but also what's the problem in that I don't know maybe there isn't any um, if, if anyone has seen Cooking with Paris on Netflix the Paris Hilton's cooking show it is something to behold um, who on earth came up with the idea is a genius I have to say um, all the guests are amazing um, Demi Lovato, Nikki Glaser, uh, Kim Kardashian, just to name a few. Um, it's just fab. Just seeing Paris Hilton try and cook. Who knew that just seeing uh, Paris Hilton again on our screens, not being able to do like basic human tasks would be so funny and entertaining? Well, let me tell you, it is. Um to get into that, I'm not even being spawned by Netflix, but, you know, here we are. Maybe soon. Let's manifest that. Um, my guest today is an incredible uh, woman. She is um, an author, a podcaster, um, and has such an amazing um, message and such an amazing drive and passion which is kind of um promoting intuitive movement intuitive eating dismantling diet culture and um hopefully having everybody uh living a happier life because of that please welcome into your earphones tally Rai. welcome to unguilty pleasure and welcome to the the basement um author podcaster fitness instructor and just all around gorgeous human tally rye everybody hello oh, hello thank you thank Welcome. you like i said i don't know if we did record this moment but i did say like i'm a big fan i'm so <laughs> pleased to be here oh i'm so uh excited that you're here too um we always like to start uh the um the pod uh who are you uh what are your pronouns how are you how are we feeling today i'm feeling Good. I'm feeling good. There's a bit of sunshine in London right now, mm -hmm. and it's just the boost I needed. Um, so, yeah, I'm Tally, pronouns uh, she, her, and I, yeah, I'm kind of a personal trainer by trade, get to do a whole other ton of stuff under that umbrella. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, this morning I've been teaching a class, mm -hmm. um, had a client virtually, and then I'm here, which is like... The really fun part as well. The really so. fun part of the day. The fun part of the day. Yeah, I was like, oh, I was so excited because like everyone else, I've been mostly at home besides teaching classes, which has like been my only real interaction with anyone other than my partner. Yeah. And um, now we're here face to face I know. doing an interview. It's so fun. Yes. 
Um, totally. I think I'm still having moments of like, oh, people. Yes. Like, and then you're right. Like, even teaching fitness or doing stuff that you're then used to, and then yeah. you, we're still having these like new experiences and new social um, interactions. Well, not new, but like mm. new since the last 18 months and it's different having a conversation than teaching because I don't know about you but we've been kind of chatting whether it's been recorded or not about this uh, having a performance background having a drama school background um and not choosing to follow that career path mm-hmm. um but I still get my performance kicks in other ways and yeah. for me teaching is certainly one of them I've got my little Britney mic that I used to make when I was like I was when I was 10 years old I used to make a Britney <laughs> mic out of a straw and then a cotton wool bud at the end yeah it was actually very very crafty, very crafty. <laughs> and I used to like make that like perform my songs on the little patio area in the back garden and for me when I get to sit on my bike, on my little stage, raised up mm-hmm. with my microphone, everyone listening to me. Yeah, you do. I love it. You do. You get that little. You get the that buzz. little buzz. You do. You do. It's a performance. Yes. Um, and I, I really love that. So I think I still get my kicks in other ways. Mm. Um, just maybe not, um, on a formal stage. And recently, when I was on a formal stage, so I got the opportunity to do a TEDx talk this year, but it was like behind closed doors. So there was no audience, but it was my first time standing in the wings of a stage in a theatre. And I wasn't going out there to sing and that felt really bizarre, but I was kind of stood there and I just had this real moment of like quite an emotional moment really, because I graduated in 2014. So seven years ago. Eight years ago. 20, I don't know how old I am. I don't know what day it is. I think it was like two years ago. Yeah, Still so young and gorgeous. <laughs> but like looking around me in the wings and thinking, wow, I don't do this anymore, but this feels so at home. But what a full circle moment that for me, it was a huge, a huge um, opportunity. And I, I feel extremely grateful to have had the opportunity and to kind of have that full circle moment of my career, like my two worlds colliding. Mm. Felt really, really nice. Totally. Yeah. Um, it's so interesting you say that because I think a lot of people, either at the age we are, um, you know, like eight years, seven years after graduating, mm. um, all uh, due to the pandemic, having like chosen, and we've spoken about it with a couple of people on the podcast so far, but having like chosen performing or musical theatre mm. at like that young age mm. and real and trying and kind of thinking like it has to go this certain way, like it has to be. West End or it has to be this and there's no other wiggle room or no other op- way it can yeah, look yeah and then how nice that like yeah you've it's been a such a winding different path and then you're still kind of and then when you stepped out on that stage you're like oh I'm, I'm I can still, still do this and I'm still it's just performing. different it's just different and it's so um it's so I can think that's so special when you realize that and you're like oh I don't actually have to do it the way that um I thought I can get that kind of buzz or that magic or use my skills and the the love of performing in a in this way. Absolutely. I don't regret going to drama school um in some ways. I think I I have such a like kind of a weird relationship almost with that time in my life, but I think you're so right. I still use so many skills I have. Um, and, you know, people were saying to me, like, how are you not nervous to do public speaking? And I'm thinking, if my mum spent all that money on those fees, <laughs> I'd better be able to stand there and speak for 15 minutes. Like, it's the yeah, least yeah. I could do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The very least I could do. Um, all those monologues. when. Uh, oh. Oh, <laughs> do you know, so my thing, one of my things at drama school I was terrible at, like, there was many I had a fair few weaknesses, but one of them was just my memory was just shocking. Like, couldn't remember a routine for love nor money. (laughs) Couldn't, like, dancing was not my forte, but could not remember, like, just lines. Mm. Um, And then when I did have to learn this, like, I think it ultimately ended up being about 16 minutes. Like, let's be pedantic here. Um, I knew it. I knew it. And Mm I could remember it and it's so interesting and you know maybe I'm like oh, what if what if I went back now but I I don't know it would just be like a whole different experience and I'm really happy with my life I'm really happy with the career I've kind of carved out for myself because I really have created my own thing um 
And so I'm I'm kind of really proud of that. Mm. But I do find it interesting that yeah, when push came to shove, I could learn my lines. Yeah. I am um, I over lockdown I did the first two levels of um my counseling oh, wow. qualification. Yeah. So I, I've done my level one, level two. I and love um that. At the end of level one, we had to do a presentation. Yeah. And um, <laughs> I bet everyone loved this, yours. Did well, you have is, to do it well, like virtually? No, we were in the classroom still. Yeah. Um, so very me energy. I thought we still had a week to go. I, I thought, I, <laughs> That's so me. I thought it was like on December the 4th or whatever. Yeah. And then my little group was like, okay, guys, is everyone ready for tomorrow? And, and I was like, what? Huh? Just class? And they were like the presentation. And I was like, oh. No. I just and I don't think I even got like upset or stressed because I was like, of course, like this, I've, this is this is how my life goes. My time has come. I was like, and we saw, and I, I had done some notes, but like I literally was like tap 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 like on the laptop, just like da 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 da, da and then got in there, and I kind of because you're just around like um, performers or you're around people who are outgoing or even like as we've been saying fitness instructors who were performers or whatever like people mm, who there just there are so many of them yeah people there are who so ju- many of them <laughs> people who just stand up and speak at the front of it like my I, I was watching the other groups and um and with like all love and respect like I loved everyone who I did that course with you know they just weren't used to saying anything you know they didn't like people didn't like standing up people Could didn't like standing contact. up in front of the oh so I just and I just sort of like had my laptop here didn't improvise but was like glancing down looking up and then just kind of reeling it off and da, 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 da. and I just was like it's so funny like I'm sat in this classroom doing like this presentation for my course and it's I've still just like faked it and just like been like I mean I was very um well prepared well prepared yeah studied all, all, really hard all the, all the facts were correct but it's so right you just kick into like get this done yeah. and I just was like yeah. so slide number one like so. and that's one of my favorite things like the the adaptability and uh yeah it's so huge and even being you know I've taught for years now like I've taught spin classes specifically for years mm. and I've had no mic I've had things go wrong I've had <laughs> yeah. people leave the class it doesn't phase me like yeah. no matter what you will get your class, which is my head, a little show. Like you yeah, will yeah. get the show. Yeah. Um, one person could be in the room and you can do it because you've had that preparation of literally Figure um it out. you just, just do it. Just work at work it out. Just yes. make it happen. Make it happen. And I I'm really grateful for that for sure. Yeah. Um circling back and then kind of I guess segueing to the next section um what was the TEDx talk that you did about what was the yes so <laughs> I have to remember the title I gave it now I think <laughs> so it's called yeah it is on YouTube it is on YouTube search my name Tally Rye it's an unusual name so it'll definitely come up um TEDx talk and it's on there um it's called how to train happy um through intuitive movement and my book is called train happy and mm-hmm. so that's kind of my whole ethos um is about that And the talk was really a culmination of so many things, including my book and the podcast I host, as well as the work I've done online and really my personal experience of going, of discovering exercise at drama school, which was a really pivotal time for me, discovering exercise at that point, um, really wanting to be the kind of healthiest and fit performer I could be. I knew it needed a lot of physical strength and stamina to get through the you know, the idea of doing eight shows a week Mm -hmm. and how could I really, you know, set myself apart from other people who I was training with Um, and at the time really finding fitness but really understanding that fitness had to look a certain way and Mm. I really had to have this physical outcome and I think that's really exacerbated when you're sitting in front of mirrors all day long and you're in your leotard and tights and you're in... You know, there was a point where we weren't allowed to wear tights, so we were just in leotards and all those kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah, you know, usual drama school things, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Hashtag that, drama school things. For anyone who hasn't gone, they'd be like, <laughs> what? And we're like, oh, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. There's <laughs> that always that one teacher. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I was really looking, and I wasn't the best dancer, so I was really looking for a way, like, I couldn't get my, hold my leg really high, hold my leg high, mm. but if I was going to hold it, I wanted to be able to hold it, you know? Yeah, yeah. There were those certain things. Um, so, yeah, I, it's really about kind of my journey of discovering um, 
a different way to look at health and fitness rather than thinking of it as a weight loss tool and as a tool to change my physicality mm-hmm. like really thinking about the benefits that are way more um that are far more uh, beneficial beyond like I say the physical so thinking about the mental benefits mm-hmm. thinking about the physical benefits to your body that maybe happening internally you know Mm -hmm. whether it's like helping um your cardio capacity or building your bone density as you get older all these things we think about not the sexy glamorous stuff that's on the cover of like men's health and women's health but uh things that are actually really important and we don't have enough education about and so the whole talk is really about my journey and then really posing the question of like why do you work out and you know what are you trying to get out of it Mm. and how can and if we were to shift the way we approach things and thought about exercise perhaps a you'd enjoy it and b you would reap the benefits um which are the most important things yes um while c taking the pressure off yourself to have this massive body transformation yeah and if you thought about it in that way like this you know, moving your body could be a whole different experience. And I have to say, like, this is something I talk about all day, every day. Mm-hmm. But I realize for some people, this is like completely a new way of thinking about things because it ain't on Pinterest is all I'm saying. Exactly. Yeah. It went on that when I was looking. And, you know, the concept of training happy is really about thinking about your your uh, approach to movement in an, an intuitive way where it's led by how you... Um, kind of connect with your body and how what you feel is best for your body that's the best way I can kind of Mm. describe it so um there's that component but it's also thinking about like your mental health and your overall well-being and your body image and all those sorts of things so they have to play a role in that as well because I believe there's no health without your mental health and um so I'm really passionate about this narrative within fitness that says like we must be pursuing this certain thing and for a lot of people that often comes at the expense of their mental health absolutely you know if and my opinion is biased because I have had an experience where it was certainly at the expense of my mental health you know um early on I became very obsessive and controlling with exercise and food because um that's what I thought being fit and healthy was. And sadly, that's what I saw role modeled on social media. So I Mm -hmm. think I'm really fortunate to have a platform where I can hopefully role model something a bit different that I hope and believe is a much healthy, positive, sustainable relationship with exercise that helps people find exercise for the long term rather than these quick fixes that we're constantly being sold. Yeah, I think that's um, just such an important um message firstly and um I remember uh, when I started following you I just was so excited by um the messages you were putting out and it's so um it's so so important I think something that I think exercise came quite and fitness and that Mm -hmm. kind of aesthetic and you know I I I will have um (laughs) <laughs> I'll absolutely say that the experience of a man is not the same as a woman yeah, as a woman in the world. But for me, it was, um, you know, eight packs, big chest, big arms. Certain standards know. for sure you yeah. have to live up to. Yeah. Um, and I I got in, in very, very um, obsessive to the point, you know, not uh, really detrimental, but it was it, it would affect my uh, whether I could enjoy a weekend, whether mm-hmm. I could enjoy a holiday, whether I could enjoy a night out. Um, you know, whether I could go out for dinner, yeah. that, that kind of stuff, without being incre- feeling incredibly guilty or not yep. letting myself enjoy a holiday. Like, you know, not going to the beach on a holiday because yeah. I had to go to the hotel gym first, oh, which is just like... I've, I took, at one point, I took food scales on holiday and weighed my food to track my macros yeah. with my family. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like, why? Why? <laughs> Um, it doesn't have to be that way, like. Yeah. But sadly, that's what other people did. So I was like, "Well, that's what I gotta do." Like, yeah. it was what it was, and yeah, like to find an alternative feels very freeing. Mm. And something I've found uh, in more recent times is, um, as opposed to having the most aesthetically pleasing, you know, stomach or lifting the heaviest, it's like when like Dad says, "Can you like." help me move this couch 
It's just yeah. like, cool, this ca- like I can then just do this functional, helpful job. Yeah, like there's... Usefully... You're feeling the real world benefits of doing this uh, rather than just the, the, for, for the, the picture. Instagram shot, yeah. Yes. Or like, you know, if the, if the lift is broken, you just take the stairs and we've just yeah. taken the stairs. Yeah. And you kind of go like, oh, like, I don't know. It's little things like that that you kind of go like, this is now useful and mm. beneficial for years to come. Mm. Because, you know... Hopefully, maybe soon, you know, taking a picture, a topless picture will be just not in the ether of, or not in the culture, or, you know, who knows, something else will. But don't be... you feel like it's really interesting to, a couple of things to think about you, just to flip the interview around on you. Mm. But I'm just really interested, like, obviously, I've come to know you through your comedy mm-hmm. and your personality, and that's what's been successful for you. Mm. And I know that we were definitely in an industry that were like, it's look, 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 mm. and your body is your business card and you have to look ha- look the part and be this person. And don't you find it really interesting that I don't know your story and situation and, and how maybe your training influenced your relationship with your body and, and exercise and, and food and everything like that. But I wonder, has it been like... I similarly feel that I'm much bigger than I was at drama school, but I'm having my most success. And I just find it so cool. Like, you know, it's like, it feels like a big, you know, middle finger. And to say like, <laughs> do you know what? It, I can swear, can't I? You can, like, yeah. Who gives a fuck? Yeah, like, yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter. And, yeah. you know, does that help you? Does that help you on your own journey? Uh, oh my goodness. Uh, and like I said, like... <laughs> We could do a half therapy session, half interview. We can do it all. Always. Um, no, um, uh, totally. It's been the, it's been the, 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 it's been incredibly um, empowering, honestly. And so um, it's, just, I keep just saying it's just been fucking cool. This yeah, year has just been so yeah. cool. Um, yeah. When I was training, um, uh, I mean, I was a lot bigger when I was a child. Um, and um, then I went to, yeah, dance school with a lot of very, very attractive, like gorgeous boys. Mm-hmm. I'd say most of whom were like taller. Most were more sculpted with better bodies. All kinds of things like that. Mm. And I kind of, um, and I remember going and being like, have people having like such, like it was even just like style and like their swagger and their energy mm. was just like nothing I'd ever seen mm. before or just been around before. And I remember, not that I was ever, I wasn't big at, um, I wasn't, you know, out of shape at college, but I wasn't what a lot of guys were. Yeah. And I remember going on my first job and, um, which was a cruise ship. And I was like, do, I was like, do not come home. Um, with the weight gain from the cruises. Yeah, yeah, Cause yeah. that's a big thing. Yeah. I was like, mm. do not do that. Um, so I ended up at my most, uh, physically fit, but maybe not mentally, mentally fit. fit I was doing two 10ks a day wow and then like an hour weight session mm. and then going and to, then performing and then performing in a f- full out show yeah which um which was I mean kind of worked because I had so many hours in the day mm. and um could eat I did I was eating a lot of food mm. um so I was kind of it was all you know working kind of cohesively in that mm. sense but Coming back from that contract, that was the sort of two, three years after that was don't, you can't go on holiday and enjoy mm. yourself. You have to go to the gym before you even go mm. to the beach. You know, you can't have like such restricted eating mm. um, and complete. And you're kind of right. Like, yeah, like I definitely had some successes, you know, had some wonderful moments. But to be... You know, the videos I started putting up at the start of the year were all wrapped, you know, the blanket comes back every now and again, but they were all... I was hoping it'd be here today. (laughs) They were all wrapped in the blanket, all with just like, uh, kind of like messy, like messy hair or, you know, whatever. And you're so right to kind of have the um, success. Uh, It's success. (laughs) (laughs) It is success. Own it. We're owning our success. I did my, I did my shy, awkward face when I said success, but to have that... (laughs) From literally um, talking in the way I do without putting on a more butch voice. Yeah. Without pretending I'm talking, you know, when you go Completely into... Completely being yourself. When you go to a dance audition, you like f- lie about your height. Yeah. Um, I told everyone and, like, I was five foot four for yeah. years. <laughs> I'm five two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> try and like deepen your voice, like walk into the, the audition like 
kind of walking like a bit butcher. Um, and then, yeah, like, yeah. So, so to kind of, yeah, exactly. Have this kind of success. success. Say the S word. <laughs> we got to say the S word. Have this success by being nothing to do with how I look or, or how, mm. or, or trying to fit in mm. has been fucking cool. And I, I would think, say. so you must have graduated like early in your 20s. Mm. 22? 21. Oh, that's so young. I didn't yeah. start college until I was 21. Really? And it still was a head fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think it's such a tough training for people who are in such a transitional time in your life. Did you know, you probably learned this on your course because I find this fascinating, your brain isn't fully formed until you're 25. Yeah. So we're not thinking completely rationally. We're not having the full benefit of you know, thinking through things until we're 25. Mm. It makes so much sense that early in our 20s, we're so impressionable and vulnerable to messages around how to behave around food and exercise yeah. and how to um, to believe that our body is all we have to offer mm. and that if we don't look a certain way, then we won't be successful, we won't be lovable, we won't, you know, have the career and the job and, and all of that. And for me, that's something I feel really passionate about. That age group is where I want to, I'd love, you know, that kind of, and that time when we're all so vulnerable yeah. to an impressionable that if people could look and find something a bit different online about food and exercise and everything like that, then it might help some people like not go down the path I went down. And it sounds like you went down a very similar path to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, because these are the pitfalls of that time of your life and wouldn't it be amazing if not so many people had that had that yeah totally i think some of my most impressionable times were even younger yeah i think like they got me a bit younger like do you remember that um two week diet the two week special k diet yes. <laughs> which was just eat Cereal. two two bottles two bowls of special k a day yeah so you'd basically just like restrict and um you would have like just have just uh, like go a, to the toilet like all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, be and it was like you know for holiday for, for ready holidays. for your holiday, mm. eat special K for two weeks. And I was like sixteen doing that. Yeah, which is yeah. so dumb. Um, and I even was in boots the other day, and you know those like um, not to. Boots, uh, if you're listening, uh, you do lots of good work. Yeah. But um, the vegan uh, food range is amazing. <laughs> have you? <laughs> yes. But they do sell um, like the fat metabolizer tablets. Yeah, there's, and, some, like, the, there's some very questionable things in the weight management section. All these, all these like sups that are just like, what even is that? And I actually got really poorly because I ate too many of them at college once. Yeah. And I had to go to A&E, but all I needed was a really, really big burp. Yeah. Oh, but, bless you. But it felt like appendicitis. Yes. It was like very not real good. to you. It was very real to me. Oh There's my There's a picture goodness. of me um, in a hospital gown with my friend Jake sat next to me, and we were singing um, "Every Time" by Britney because it just felt like a very. I dramatic, knew Britney was gonna come. Yeah. Up. It felt like a very dramatic moment. But then, like, why was I like so like panicked when I was like twenty that yeah. I was like instead of I don't know eating a well balanced meal. Yeah. I was training dancing all day, mm -hmm. so enough exercise. But I was going, I was going, and I was like, I took too many like fat metabolizer yeah. pills. Well, <laughs> there's 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 two there's a there's a few things at play here. Firstly, there's the wider issue of diet culture, which is essentially, and let's explain what which diet is, culture is for people. Because go. diet culture isn't a person. Diet culture is an industry that is going to it is happily going to profit off of your insecurities. Mm. And especially for women, you know, there's a, a lot of a, a create a problem, sell the solution scenario within diet culture. You know, you need to get rid of your cellulite, so we're going to sell you a cream. You know, that kind yeah, of vibe. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's also... For the benefit of men. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. It's all... At the end of the day, it's all... Um, you know, the, the systems at play within diet culture are patriarchy, white supremacy. There's all of these things at play mm. here, misogyny. Um, and diet culture kind of taught us that, as we've kind of mentioned, to be happy, successful, to do well, to, to look, um, Des to look desirable, desirable um, to be successful, then 
you must look a certain way and if you don't already look a certain way you should be trying to look a certain way yeah um and if you're not doing that then you're screwed mm-hmm. and so all these companies come along and want to promote things like the special k diet or it's weight watchers or it's slimming world and it's slim fast and it's all those kind of things and then it's just more and more subtle as well so if we just think about language used and i know like within drama school for example the idea that like your body being your cv is is very much promoting this idea that if you don't fit this narrow beauty ideal Mm. that is not like you say it's not only present for women it is there for men too that you're you will not be successful and you're told that it's the worst thing to happen to you is to not fit the standard right and so we're all scrambling to try and make this standard happen so it's through no fault of your own that you had that experience Mm. there are bigger systems at play and i can also imagine that in a very like cis world where it's a very straight environment i mean drama school isn't a straight environment but you know there's those those masculine there's that toxic masculinity there as well that's uh, your feeling whereas you know i'm feeling i need to be attractive to guys and there's all this kind of stuff and then usually the panel's full of straight men yeah and then wanting you to be hot yeah. The girls to be hot and wanting the boys mm-hmm. to not be too gay. Yeah. Like, can you not and be as And it's just camp? so confusing for in musical theatre. Like, it makes no sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's how it is. So there's all of that at play. And then there's that whole piece around saying that we're a bit more vulnerable at that younger age. Um, and then there's the other piece, which I think is so important and we don't talk about enough, is that when... So when we have difficult experiences, whether it be through a experience like drama school, which is really mentally tough, mm. especially for a child, essentially, which is what you were, and you know, even young in my twenties, I still feel like I was a, a child. Yeah. Um, we're taught coping mechanisms, and in general, we haven't had an emotional education where we know how to feel our feelings and sit with hard difficult emotions and so what do we know well we know that we can control stuff and if we just control stuff it will be fine and in drama school as an example but this could be in you know this could be multi there could be multiple scenarios where there's multiple different career paths where this is a thing where you are trying to control the uncontrollable so if if I just control my body if I just get to my goal weight if I just fit into those genes if I just do that then it will be fine because I'm in control and so I often say when people are having body image struggle you know wobbles and moments where you're like I this thing this I look in the mirror and I like we need to change we we've got Monday is coming and we are on it mm-hmm. right always such I, a pressure on Monday morning yeah, Monday's yeah. And we're recording on a Monday. Yeah. <laughs> um, I always think like that's a real like flag to go like, huh, what else is going on for you right now? Because mm-hmm. it's probably not the body image stuff. That is a very that will probably be the tip of the iceberg. What is in the iceberg underneath the water? Because that's probably what's going on. And in my own experience, for me, um, a lot of my need to control stuff and, you know, Yes, I was in a very competitive environment at drama school, um, but that was part of my tip of my iceberg. What was really going on was my dad had died when I was 17 Mm -hmm. and no one taught me how to grieve. I didn't know how to grieve. I didn't know how to feel my emotions. I didn't didn't understand what that was and and my mindset at the time was very much like, just going to keep going. Just going to keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep swimming. Push that under the rug. Yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm good. I'm actually surprisingly well. Like, you know, of all my family, I'm clearly functioning the best. And then it all unraveled through this, um, whilst I was at drama school, because I was in in another stressful environment. And it was like my house of cards was starting to crumble. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I thought that if I just controlled stuff, then it would be fine. Everything would be fine. And it wasn't. And yeah. so often when there is something going wrong, that's why I say like if you work wanting to work on your relationship with food and exercise, that that can really be that can really be the first step in a deeper journey of healing mm. and a deeper journey of exploring who you are and 
what you're feeling and that can feel really daunting. Yeah. I mean, I started going to therapy a couple of years ago, but it took me a long time to get to that point mm -hmm. because there was a lot of initial healing I needed to do with the food stuff yeah. and the exercise stuff for me to go like, I'm ready to actually deal with this grief that I've been walking around with for wow. 10 years. Yeah. So a lot I, of yeah. stuff all wrapped up and you have to yeah. peel back the it, seed, like encase that grief mm -hmm. right at the center, then it's wrapped in yeah. drama school stuff, yeah. then it's wrapped in exercise stuff, then it's wrapped in food stuff, it's wrapped in this. Yeah. yeah and wow. I'm not saying like every single person, not necessarily grieving, but there's always an initial reason why people have the relationships with food and exercise in their body mm -hmm. and often it's, like you say you peel back the layers and you and you find out and you might be like oh I don't know something really you know um happened like I've got a friend who had a really unstable time in her family environment as a teenager and and um went to a different dance college to me and um developed an eating disorder there and it's not to say that there weren't these diet culture and these body standards and this, all, all of this going on. Mm -hmm. But that was just the creating the perfect storm for, yeah. you know, what could happen. And, and, you know, the work of pushing back against diet culture and trying to question things and um, dismantle things is to say that what if we learned different coping strategies? What mm -hmm. if we didn't have that influence? How, you know, if if we were able to like ask ourselves hard questions and and talk about difficult painful things mm -hmm. i wonder if a lot of us would feel you know ultimately would have a calmer existence yeah released from whatever yeah. the the hold is over yeah. us yeah um and it's not just about image or food mm. or anything like that it's all it's all intertwined but like you say like the layers are there yeah wow it's, it's quite a big thing to think about, isn't it? Huge. And and I think like <laughs> when you um when you think about like, you know, dieting or, or going on a you know, it's such like a pre it's like such a pressurized mm. thing and like you're you're you held you hold yourself so um such a high standard. Such a high standard and give yeah. yourself such a hard time. Yeah. So many rules, so many this yeah, and and it's kind of like You'd never treat a friend or anyone else like that. You'd never no. expect that of anyone else, but we, yet we do it to ourselves. So I recently ran a workshop for a group of women around this. And I always say like diet culture, that voice in your head that is being hard on you, that mm -hmm. is speaking negatively to you, is not you because you're not your thoughts. Mm -hmm. You are not that narrative in your head. But that is a voice, that is a, a societal voice. That is diet culture's voice. Mm -hmm. And we decided that diet culture was called Simon. Mm -hmm. Don't know why, but diet culture was oh, called Simon. Sake, and we were Simon. like, exactly. So you're like, <laughs> when you hear that, you're like, not now, Simon. Yeah, we are yeah, not yeah. doing this. Or like, Simon, I see you, I hear you, but I do not have to go through with what you want me to do. Yeah. I don't have I don't have to do that. I don't have to um go and cut carbs now for a week because I still on the scales. I don't have to do that. Yeah, yeah. I can choose to do things differently. And I think it's not necessarily a lot of my work is not um, necessarily thinking it's realistic that we're going to rid ourselves of that voice immediately, but it's about learning to like dial down the volume in mm. your head and build the trust and connection with yourself yeah. so that you know what you actually want to do because so much of what diet culture does is erode that self-trust. Yeah. So it tells you, it gaslights you all the time. Like you don't know how to eat. You can't be trusted around chocolate. You can't be trusted to sleep enough because otherwise if you don't ex if you don't exercise if you then you'll just sit on the sofa all the time like mm -hmm. if you don't have this discipline or whatever ever ever and so it's a lot of the work I do and specifically around intuitive movement which is the kind of work I do there are people who do intuitive eating um and and other things but um is about rebuilding that trust and connection with yourself physically so that you understand your body's cues to rest to move um you understand when your body's stressed and could need a physical release as opposed to an emotional release and really starting to understand the nuances about yourself so mm -hmm. that you are working with yourself rather than against yourself and and diet culture really is about you um working against yourself and saying you're the problem and intuitive movement and what I do is very about 
working with yourself and listening to your body again and, and saying, you know, we're on the same team. How are we doing this? Yeah. What can we do to look after ourselves? And so I think that's, yeah, I, I, I just, like I say, I just want more people to know who Simon is mm -hmm. <laughs> and to go like, oh, okay, like that's not me and I don't have to do it that way if I don't want to. Yeah. And listening to Simon is so like right or wrong, yeah. this or that. So um, binary. Cut, cut carbs, cut like have fat-free yogurt instead of real yogurt like mm. or you know whatever whereas like so much more there's so much more magic and so much more exploration mm. in that intuitive um mm. approach when you know and even just there's so much more to gain and and such an ebb and flow such a dynamic place to be in mm. um as opposed to just the binary of diet culture saying don't eat that it's yeah. like well actually how about I eat that and then I and then I feel this way so that's that's going to benefit this and then I'm going to get more sleep and then I'm gonna gonna get up tomorrow and go yeah. for whatever you do or whatever yeah. or, or whatever um as opposed yeah as opposed to kind of locking down into that mm. place of do this or rigidity. you're wrong yes yeah. totally the rigidity and for me that's where I really got stuck because I got so rigid that there was no room for manoeuvre mm. and there was no flexibility in what I did. And um, yeah, so I suppose like backstory on intuitive movement when I use that phrase. So it's born out of intuitive eating, which I'm not sure if you're aware of the framework. It's created by two dietitians called Evelyn Tribley and Elise Resch. They're based mm -hmm. in the US and they created this framework to help people move away from dieting essentially 25 years ago, 26 years ago now. And it's evolved and, and grown over that time, but they have a principle called joyful movement. And mm. the idea is helping people um, you know, question their relationship with exercise and, and really think about that. But it's only one principle. And I felt that doing the work of intuitive eating with myself and, and reading and learning about it, that yes, this is really helpful. And for me, it was such a helpful starting point but in the same way that there are 10 principles of intuitive eating that specifically focus on the different aspects of your relationship with food, we need to have those same level of um, analysis on our relationship with exercise. So in my book, Train Happy, I created nine principles, principles of intuitive movement because it was inspired by the principle of joyful movement. So expanding on those. Mm -hmm. And each principle looks at the different aspects of our relationship with exercise. And it includes body image um, and your mental health. Um, and each one sort of breaks down and gives you ways to really question certain parts and why you think the way you do about certain things. Um, and it all starts with the first principle which is reject the diet mentality and that is all about okay I'm gonna just hit pause on having to change my body mm -hmm. and having to lose weight and I'm going to decide to do it differently yeah and it's not to say that I won't feel like oh I want to do that I want to do that but you know letting yourself make the conscious choice that, okay, we're just gonna try things differently and see what happens. And then through that, we kind of think about all the rules we've had, the the way that diet culture created lots of rules around exercise for us. Um, and then we think about like how we can break them, which is one of my favorite things to do with people. It's like, what was your rules? And like, all right, how are you gonna break it? Rules are meant to be broken, let's go. Um, as well as thinking of, um, there's a principle seven, which is managing emotions. And that's all about thinking about not using exercise as a sole tool for therapy because I don't believe in that I believe exercise can be therapeutic but I don't believe it's therapy, therapy no and I think that can often mask mm -hmm. people can <laughs> just people can just go like I feel shit I'm gonna go to the gym yeah and then you're not actually dealing with why yeah. you feel shit you obviously get the endorphins from the movement but you don't actually deal with the reason that you felt Totally. Off that day, yeah. Totally. And so it's about thinking, okay, 
what am I feeling right now? And is exercise beneficial at this point or is it not? Mm. And if exercise is beneficial, do I need to do a gentle yoga where I can really connect with my breath and calm myself down? Or am I going to go and put some boxing gloves on and punch it out on Mm -hmm. a bag? Like what's the difference? And so, yeah, there's there's so many things within that. Um, And yeah, all of this kind of um, is encompassed within that framework. But like I said, I I think there's so many different pieces to the puzzle mm-hmm. um, that it might not just be a flick of the switch for someone. Like this is something I personally been working on for like the best part of like five or six years. Yeah, <laughs> and I think that's something that so this you know that sort of healing and that mm. um, educating and self work and self exploration mm. isn't. Um, a, a flick of a switch it's yeah. not a month it's not a year yeah it or you might feel in, in a much different place after a, a short amount of time yeah. but also Depends. as soon as you scratch the surface i can <laughs> i can uh strongly uh predict that there's you know there's that expansive ocean of yourself mm-hmm. to completely just explore and even after 6 16 60 years there's always more progression and evolution to go so um yeah I think if you know anyone listening or myself and yourself you know (laughs) like after certain amount of time of of this healing and understanding there's still stuff to figure out still stuff to figure out figuring it out there's still things oh don't get me wrong there is still things I gotta figure out this is one of them I've, I feel good about, but there's other things. <laughs> there are other things for sure. There's always um, other things. There's a bank of things to talk to your therapist about. Always. <laughs> always. And what I find really interesting is like I, what I love about kind of what you initially did with when you were doing like your millennial stuff yeah. was it was mainly to send to my friends to kind of slightly make fun of them. Mm-hmm. Like you were kind of teasing them on things that they're into and I just found it very validating. Um, and... I think there's this real movement for people wanting to feel more connected to themselves, Mm. wanting to feel more in tune with their mind and their body. And yet for so many people, they've never considered this whole food and exercise and body image stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's often like um, other aspects they they want to feel connected, but then we're still maybe ignorant of what diet culture is, for example. Mm-hmm. And therefore there's still that um, disruption in that connection. Yeah. And I do think it's really interesting. And I, I think there's a whole whole thing to be said of our generation really questioning things and going, yeah, like, hang on a second. Um, let's join the dots here. These yeah. are all linked and, and these all have to work together for us to to really be aligned with ourselves. Mm. And as soon as you turn over one leaf, yeah. you realise just how many you can start turning yeah, over yeah, and yeah. start totally. shifting and breaking away from the norm mm. or breaking away from the messages that you get in mm. the media and finding people like yourself on yeah. um, social media. And then the people that, you know, you share or you, mm-hmm. so, you know, Say like there's follow a, this. Per- oh, it's, there's, there's suddenly a, a world community. out there that you that um, is so special, and it mm. is. It does feel. I know there's so much work to do. God, um, there's so many things. <laughs> but um, but it feels like the you're magic is happening in the right direction. Yeah, and you're not alone. And, and surely. yeah, it's interesting. Like I'm certainly noticing a shift, and I know it's because I'm in. You know, I'm in a bit of an echo chamber. Like I do like to surround myself with people who are in a similar mindset to me. Um, and then sometimes I like peek my head into like the other side of the fitness industry in particular. And I'm like, oh God. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's nice to know that this even exists to begin with because when I first, you know, I started sharing online. I started really posting on Instagram as a hobby sharing. I just share a ton of food stuff on there um, whilst I was at drama school. Mm-hmm. So um and started to gain followers at that time. So that was like, I was being posted on there like eight years or something. Wow. And it's just interesting that it, I felt like people talking about things like diet culture, like I'd never even heard of that phrase until like three or four years ago. Mm. Like that felt like, whoa, this is like this whole new thing. And, you know, that w- there was no understanding of what that is. And I think that is coming more to the fore because of social media. And I know social media gets a bad rap, but mm-hmm. 
but there is good. There is good. You can find good pockets on there and you can certainly find supportive communities, especially if you're on your own journey, like knowing you're not alone. So recently hosting a workshop for people, I was hosting a retreat. I hadn't done one for two years and I'm hosting a group of women who don't know each other, Mm -hmm. are all strangers and they're all there thinking like, oh, it's just me, like... I'm it's I'm weird and wrong and it's just me thinking the way I think and then within the first workshop going around the room and going huh everyone here feels the same mm-hmm. and I wonder why that is yeah, 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 yeah. um you haven't you are not here you know your thoughts and your experiences haven't happened in a vacuum mm-hmm. you know we are all the product of um of these kind of standards we're all we're all held to yeah um, that's so, it's so great. And it's so important that people know they're not alone and people know mm. that their feelings aren't, are valid. Yeah. And, um, the messages, if you get the messages from, you know, the media or social or other people just in your life that, um, you know, makes you feel like you're on the outside. That's not true. It's and, not um, true. And there yeah. Al- there's, yeah, there's always people who want to think the way you do and that's that's kind of like my goal now as we come out of this I don't, I don't like to talk about it anymore I know yeah um as we come out of this and like on the other side hopefully almost um I really want to try and sort of build that like real world community and connection with people because mm-hmm. I think it's so helpful to feel like you aren't alone and to yeah. feel like you you know what you're going through is normal and other people are experiencing it and it's not just you. It's not all in your head. Yeah. Um, that can be a really, really powerful thing. Totally. That's why I loved your videos because I was like, look, other people are doing this stuff. <laughs> I love it. Um, and th- I just found it so funny that like everything you were talking about, um, you know, whether it's like crystals or journaling or gr- gratitude lists or whatever else you've done. Yeah. I just loved it because it, it was just... So, like, it was fairly niche, I'd say. But mm-hmm. at the same time, like, the niche spoke to, like, a, a fair people, group of people. Yeah. Like, so many people of a similar age going through this similar sort of midlife crisis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and just looking for a hand to hold somewhere. Looking Literally. for the universe to send a sign. Or just like, oh, I can have a laugh because, like, oh, you got yeah, a laugh. that's me. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, the message and everything you've talked about today is just so wonderful and important. And um, I think just keep doing everything you're doing it's just Thanks. sensational Thanks. um we're gonna Ditto. take a, thank you we're gonna take a little break and we'll be right back i'm guilty pleasures with christopher hall so tally uh i don't know if you know but nomo uh the wonderful nomo sponsors this podcast um and they provided some chocolatey delicious treats um, for us to have on this little tea break and this little interlude um, there's three flavours to choose from what have you got? there's uh, caramel and sea salt there's oh. creamy choc or oh. there's fruit and crunch I think I want to go for the middle one yeah go for it go for it um, I'm going to go for the fruit and creamy crunch choc. bar um, so um, do you have any are you are you just not a, um, no. a vegan or anything like that no <laughs> one of those like me. <laughs> um, but of course, this is dairy, gluten, egg, and allergen free, nut free. So, no, gonna... should we try? I'm go. going straight in. Oh, she went uh, in. Uh, I'm going in. Go. Mm. What's the verdict? Well, I'd say that's pretty good. Pretty good. I'd say, considering it's vegan, obviously, I'm not a vegan. Mm hmm. Fine. But I don't think it tastes that different. No, it doesn't. No. It's fab. Really good. Mmm. Creamy. It's as creamy as it promised. Creamy. <laughs> exactly. As it said <laughs> on the wrapper. Yeah. That's what it is. It was a creamy choc bar and I'm getting creamy choc. I'm, you and that's know, what you've got. I'm satisfied. Ugh, oh, perfect. From a mm-hmm. dairy eater, the mm. non-dairy chocolate mm. gets a big tick. Yeah. If you were offering this to me, if I came around your house, I'd eat it. Well, when you do. Basically, now I'm we're firm friends. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Next time you do come. Um, I will provide. I'll provide both. But thank you so much, Nomo. Mm. Tick from um, this week, from the Creamy Choc Bar. I've just had the Fruit and Crunch, um, the little magenta wrapper. Um, If you see that in shops, and it's delicious as well. The Creamy is the blue. Creamy is the blue. Blue, mid-blue. Lovely. 
Um, delicious. Thank you so much, Nomo. And uh, let's get back to the conversation. I'm just curious how what they put in it to make it really good. What is it? Coconut butter or something? It's really good. Mm. Thanks. That's okay. You can have that. <laughs> I'll just be continuing this. Yeah. Um, so maybe I won't cut after that and then um, into this last bit. So Tally, I've got to ask you the question, mm-hmm. the question of questions here on Unguilty Pleasure, and that is, what is your unguilty pleasure? Something that you maybe up until now kind of secretly enjoyed or secretly took pleasure in, but we after the again we don't want to talk about it, the big p- pandemic too much, but I just thought over that pandemic, whatever you would want to do. To put a smile on your face is literally totally fine. What is that for you? Well, I got a few, but mm. I wanted to talk to you about this. Okay. I so in the last oh three months, I'm on season nine of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> season nine. Yes, 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 nine. Yes. The theme, the, the recurring themes on this podcast. <laughs> There's a lot of Britney, there's a lot of Love Island, and there's a lot of Real Housewives. And do you know what? I'm a, I'm beyond okay with it. I haven't watched any of the other like okay, franchises okay, okay. yet because mm-hmm. Beverly Hills is my first one, but I wanted to get up to date because I want to know what's going on with Erica Girardi. You That's really what I want to know. need to. Yeah, it's going off. I'm a big... <clears throat> who's your favorite? Can I just ask? Because I didn't have anyone to talk to about this in my real life. Okay, okay, Who's okay. your favorite? So I was a... I, I I was an Erica Stan. fan. The last few episodes, I really it's not oh. it's not looking looking in her favor. great. Yeah, uh, it's not looking great. Can I be? I'm on season nine, mm. so What's I'm currently right the dog situation. Oh my goodness! And me. I feel like LVP is about juicy. Lucy Lucy Apple Juicy. <laughs> LVP I think doesn't make it to the end of this. She series. doesn't. So I feel like, and I and I obviously go on the Instagrams and see who follows each other. You, no one follows. No, she doesn't follow. Anyone from Housewives. Have you gotten to, you've called me to call me, you've come here to call me a liar. Not yet. Not yet. No. And you haven't gotten to, bye Kyle. No. That is coming. No, but they they, they hinted at it at the beginning <laughs> yeah, of the series. Yeah, yeah, Oof. Um. I really so, feel, I do feel a genuine loss for LVP. Yeah. Loved her. Do However, you love her? Because I've but, got, oh, but when I you feel look, like she is manipulative. Oh, when you now, this, in the whole season nine, yeah. you look back in hindsight and you go, oh. Oh no. Randy Glanville was right. Randy Glanville was right. And I know she comes back as well. I haven't seen it yet. Yes. Um, she's yes, such yes, a hot yes, mess. Yes, 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 um, yes. But I also think that Lisa Vanderpump knew she was making a television show. Oh, she 100% whereas did. Whereas a lot of them go, you have to be honest and you have to be truthful. You have and it's to like, own it. And it's like, girls, we're making TV. Yeah. Oh, she, she knows that. None of this that. needs to be real. Yeah. We could actually make up an argument yeah. if you wanted to. And she did. I feel like she was doing the job of the producers a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. That's what yeah, I got yeah. the impression. The shit stirring was because she was like, she was come like, on, we need an argument. Yeah, yeah, we need to But make she this didn't want to be in the argument. No, she'd <clears throat> always... And I just mm. adore the way she adjusts her hair. Yeah. I just find that so... I could just watch her do that. Yeah. The whole... All day. What do you think of Lisa Rinna? Again... I actually really love her. Okay, okay. So I also... I love her energy. I really do love and think... But she does awful things. She does. And she kind of like really pushes people. Yeah. Like, and it's but like, do you feel like she knows she's making TV? Because she is a bit of a drama Yeah, queen I think she does. She, she's, she's been in it for the business for a long oh, time. And I love her frankness about the business. Yeah. But I love that she's always up for it. And currently, what was it? Was it this series or the last series? But... Whenever stuff's been going down and it's not had her season eight, she was not in any drama. Yeah, her just sipping her drink, like All, looking back, yeah, is yeah, my yeah. favorite thing. Yeah, ever. And I'm like, oh, I do really love her. Obviously, Amsterdam was the most iconic. I just rewatched it with my housemate because did you? Because I like stormed ahead. Yeah. And then um, my housemate has started it again. So I'm just now just, I've literally got yeah. to season 11 and then just, I've just gone back. So have you watched it all this year too? Yeah. Oh. I started in January. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Amster- the way the producers must have just been filming Amsterdam and thinking, we've done it. Yeah. We've got it. Yeah. We've got it, guys. We had it three days ago uh, and we've it's still got going. It. Yeah, yeah. D- day four, day five of Amsterdam, they've got it. I feel so bad for Yolanda, though. There's that time when she kind of just goes and sits 
um, and eats food by herself on the boat. And she must just be like, you dicks have come to my to Amsterdam and made it a circus. Yeah. What do you think about Yolanda's illness? Like, you can cut half of this, but I I'm know. just like... <laughs> um, I, feel, I feel really... I don't know. Like, really I kept Every time it came up, I was Googling Lyme disease, and I was like, I'm a bit confused as to it's what's a... going on here. There's clearly something not right. Yeah, yeah. It's a really but obscure, I just wondered if it was, un, yeah. unlike... Uh, Research. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I don't know. I just I felt like she was a bit too classy for the show. At times. I think so. A couple of times, and she kind of just wouldn't. But I like liked her. But yeah, there I was liked certain... how what a nice per. I felt I felt she was a really good person. And she was fair in arguments. She was fair. Yeah. Um, but I do love Kyle house. as well. Kyle, it, it's up and down for me. Yeah, it is up and it's, down. It ebbs and flows. It does, but she wears her heart. She wears her heart on her sleeve. Mm. She's not afraid to cry. And I have to say, normalized crying. I really love that. Yeah. Maybe another one guilty pleasure. Normalized crying. Yeah, normalized crying. Um, and yeah, I love her. Um, love following her on Instagram. Yeah, love following her on Instagram. The but only thing my... sometimes I find her a little bit like I'm married with beautiful children, so therefore I'm better than you. Mm. Sometimes I get. But that. I am really happy that she's in a truly happy marriage. Yeah. Like I feel that the first few seasons, none of them could relate. No. None of them could relate. No, it was a it was a tough time. Oh, there was a there was a divorce season, and I loved it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I'm so happy Camille's back in the show right now. I love Camille. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's getting married. <laughs> Just wait for this reunion. <laughs> wait for this season nine reunion. Oh, I can't wait for it. Right, anyway, you can off. cut half of that. Not and then, at all. I've got a second girl's pleasure. Can I tell of you? Of course you may. So, um, <laughs> I'm totally outing myself. But I do love a good little karaoke moment on YouTube at home in my bathroom. Don't you all love a good sing song? Well, I love, if anyone knows me in real life, they know I have a bit of a karaoke obsession. But it's obviously because I love to sing. Yeah, yeah. That's always been my thing. Yeah. I have no outlet for it anymore in my life. Mm -hmm. So I love a bit of karaoke. You get the backing track up on YouTube and you just have at it. My bathroom has great acoustics. Oh. Fantastic. I love that. So I'll go and do. Oh uh, yeah, I'll just do that on my own. My boyfriend's out. I'm like, great, I've got a place to myself. But I, I live in a that. flat, so it's not the best. Um, <laughs> um, I love that. Just make your own I, little karaoke I know bar. other people do it, but yeah, I used to do this when I was a teenager. But I feel like, I feel like, to get a bit deep, a lot of the things I'm learning about myself is that you have to look after your inner child. Oh, you have to my God. have yes. play and joy and just whatever. And like my teenage self obviously would love a good backing track mm. on YouTube and karaoke. Like, yeah. That's where it all started. Yeah. Um, and now it's, I'm still doing it at 30 years old now. Perfect. I love it. That's... Me and like the, the, the like teenage theatre kids. Yeah, I just yeah. know that everyone else is like 16. Oh, no, no, I'm sure they're not. That's how kind of I feel with TikTok dances. Yeah. I don't, I don't do that a lot. But just doing it for, it honestly would take, it takes 15 minutes. Do you minutes. feel like if you were to post a TikTok dance, you'd have to post it on a separate profile? No, I've posted oh, some. Have you? Yeah. Oh, I'm going to go and research. Yeah, I posted some. Um, and I do it with a, a friend, uh, me and my, who my friend who I was uh, in lockdown one with, we did mm. like a few. Um, and it was just nice to be like, there's zero stakes. It's three counts of eight. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. That's and then about it's, all I can manage. It's just like done. Yeah. And it and it does just like tap in, you kind of move and you go, Oh yeah, oh, I can do this. Yeah. I like this. And then it's like you can put it away again. And yeah. that's so true. It is completely just um giving your inner child a mm. cuddle. It is. And then kind of being like, But it's okay, you don't like this doesn't have to consume your life, but like let's just check in and give yeah. it a go. Yeah, don't have to and I think this is another thing, like you don't have to make every passion and talent your career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You Even don't though, have to. Yeah. You can just enjoy them for the sake of enjoying them. And even if you started trying to make your yeah. passion a, a career and it hasn't worked out, you can still have the passion with a different career. Yeah, totally. When you've healed from probably career trauma, shit. passion career trauma. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah. Totally. Um, well, oh my goodness. Thank you so, so, so much, Tali, for pleasure, being here. Honestly. This was so wonderful. Um, I think you are such a light and you're everything you. you are 
all the work you're doing is so, so important. And I hope that lots of people listening um, found this conversation um, enjoyable or, and well, I hope everyone listening doesn't feel alone. That's what we hope. Um, where can people find you on the internet if they want to mm-hmm. come find you? You can find me on, mainly on Instagram at Tally Rye and you can find my podcast, which is Train Happy Podcast. Mm-hmm. I have my book, Train Happy, TED Talks on, on YouTube. YouTube somewhere. I think we already plugged that, didn't yeah, yeah, we? Yeah, yeah, So I think we're good. There you go. There you go. Go find her. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And we shall see you next time. Well, I'll, I won't see you, but I shall feel you listening next time. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, thank you. I know, I know, I know, especially. (laughs) Unguilty Pleasure is produced by Felix. Check her out at basement.space. The theme tune is written and performed by Jordan Lavinia at Jordan Lavinia on IG. And the cover up for the podcast is by Alex Codd at It's Art Babes. Go show some love and support. Thank you so much.